podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is sponsored by TourTips.com, the online golf betting resource. TourTips subscriptions for 2021 have been reduced by up to 50%. Their email service is now a free subscription. For all the best in-depth stats and information, visit tour-tips.com, the online golf betting resource. Welcome to the home of the best golf betting tips. All the best bets for the upcoming tournaments, all from experts and all in one place. From the home of the Bet Bites podcast, this is Bet Bites Golf with Dave Tyndall and James Butler. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another edition of the Golf Betting Podcast. I am James Butler and joined, as always, by the legendary golf betting pundit, Dave Tyndall. It's a biggie this week, Mr. Tyndall. It is the Players' Championship. Um, down the years, it's always been known as the fifth major. I don't know whether they still call it that. It doesn't get quite as much um, that title used. But uh, massive week. All the best players are here and I uh, can't wait to get stuck in. It's another one of those courses I've played this week as well, but on the computer. Tiger Woods Golf, the Tournament Players Club at Sawgrass, Florida. There's some fairly unique and iconic holes on that course, aren't there? Yeah, uh, TV viewers or, as you say, Tiger Woods. I think I played it on the Sega Mega Drive. It might have been that. It might, they, they, they all blur into one, actually, don't they, those computer games? But you get to know the courses. You do, yeah. I often think it sort of helps the viewing experience for the real thing. But this this course, obviously, its signature hole is the famous Island Green at 17, surrounded by water. It's only 137 yards, but it's been the scene of some dramatic finishes down the years. I remember Sergio was tied with Tiger and he dumped two balls in the water. Going back, it was 1998, Len Matisse took an eight when he was one off the lead. Davis Love once... Took a double bogey and tied, I think, as well. So, yeah, it's um, it's a very nervous one for the players and if you're having a bet because you can, you know, no lead is big enough. You can back to play and if he's one shot clear or level, coming to that 17, you are... It's squeaky bum time, it really is. I saw today, um, after Bryson DeChambeau shot um, last week, which was, he basically just leathered it over the water, didn't he, on the par five <laughs> to just yeah. shorten it almost to a par three. They, there's one of the, I don't know which hole it is, Dave, at Sawgrass, but there's one where they've actually changed the rules, I think, this week to Bryson-proof it because you could go left over the crowds and, and kind of take a, a shortcut if you've got the power. And they've made that out of bounds now under the guise of protecting the uh, the spectators. It, it is effectively, though, Bryson improving a course isn't it yeah I think obviously what he did last week has uh, has made people sit up I mean you start to think now any kind of dog leg you could just sort of cheat if cheating is the right word and just say oh just blast it over the trees or blast it over the water and kind of ruin the whole design philosophy of a dog leg uh, but as you say measures are being taken this week and yeah it was fascinating last week to see Bryson do what he did because I think the feeling was he would only try that slightly gimmicky approach if he wasn't if he was you know not contending but he did it in the heat of contention so fair play to the guy He's a bit of a showman, isn't he? The, the way he raised his arms above his head as he watched the ball yeah. flying over. He knew he'd got it. And actually, if he'd, if he'd got a bit straighter, he'd have probably got uh, even on the green with that shot. It was just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's almost like a circus act, but it's a circus act with just immense power. The wind. Just knows what he's doing. It's incredible. Well, he's in, he's towards the top end of the market for this uh, tournament that we've got coming up. The Players' Championship at Sawgrass. Dustin Johnson, though, heads the uh, betting. He's 12 to 1. 
in the market. Rory McIlroy is uh, next in the list at 16s. You've got John Rahm in there at 16s as well. Before mentioned, BDC is in there at 16s too. Justin Thomas, as big as 18s. Patrick Cantlay, as big as 20s. Colin Morikawa, my mate, is 20s as well. And so is Xander Schaffele. The rest are 22 to 1 or bigger. You told me, just prior to pressing record there, Mr. T, that you're going to go a slightly different way with this one. Where are you going to take me this week with these bets? Yeah, today, I mean, they interviewed all the players yesterday, all the top dogs, most of them. Some decent lines because it seems a few of them prefer this March date when the course is perhaps less bouncy and and fiery. And some prefer when it was held in May. It moved to March a couple of years ago. Rory McIlroy, for example, prefers it in March. Dustin Johnson does. A couple of the others, maybe Justin Thomas, seem to suggest they preferred it when it was harder and bouncier in May. So it's tricky. I mean, I've got some thoughts on the outright market that uh, I put out and about on Twitter. But I've, I've, I've spent today, well, I've done other things. I've been for a walk and I've eaten food, but I spent a large amount of today <laughs> looking at the specials market. And I've come up with um, what I think is a really nice bet. Obviously, it's very difficult to nail that winner because it's a massive field. Everyone's here. The top players have contrasting records here. Some years they play great, sometimes they don't. Unlike, say, the Masters, where it's the same cast list every year. But one theme that you get at Sawgrass, and, and it kind of alludes to how hard the course is, is that you can't kind of come from behind. It's hard to play catch up. Why is that the case, that it's hard to come from behind? It's just a course where, you know, par's a good score in every hole. So if you get into an early lead, you can kind of protect it a little bit. If you're behind five or six shots, you've got to start chasing it and going for flags. There's so much water and danger on the course. You know, you end up shooting yourself in the foot and falling further behind. So the, the best strategy is to get out early and then protect it. Now, the numbers are quite dramatic if you look down the year. So 2014, Martin Keimer led from day one. Went wire to wire, i.e. he led after every round, got it done and won. Jason Day went wire to wire in 2016. Webb Simpson went wire to wire in 2018. So there was no tournament last year. So if you top that up, then do my maths here. Three of the last six winners have gone wire to wire. So that's a 50% strike race. In betting terms, that's even money. Well, do you know what odds wire to wire is this year? That's a direct question, James. Oh, well... Mm. I mean, if it's happened 50% of the time over the last six years, you wouldn't imagine it's going to be a massive price. Um, I guess they're going to do it for that course rather than just golf in general, because wire to wire, just generally speaking, DT isn't going to happen very often, is it? Um, I'm going to go at five, eight to one. Well, what you've just said there when guessing is correct. It doesn't happen very often in a normal PGA Tour event, but this isn't a normal PGA Tour event. Yeah, 81, you can still say, well, that's pretty generous based on those stats three times out of six. 14 to 1 at William Hill, that mm. bet. A wire to wire winner. Now, I've checked as well, double check this because it's important. You don't have to be leading on your own after each round. You can be tied with someone else. As long as you're in the lead or tied for the lead, that counts. So, as I say, Keimer in 2014. Jason Day, 2016. Webb Simpson, 2018. So, so basically what you want is you want one of the elite players to have a good first round, be tied for the lead, and then kind of bring it home from there. It's too big. It's way too big, 14 to 1. If you think of it in terms of like Dustin Johnson is 12 to 1 to win this week. He's never won here. That's like saying he's won three times in the last six years and you're getting 12 to 1. Well, he clearly hasn't. He hasn't won at all. So rather than trying to pick out our top player, then we almost got all the top players running for us. We just need one of them to get in that first round lead and hold on. It's still a big ask, but... 
14 to 1, it shouldn't be that price. Yeah, it makes it worthwhile having a punt on that, doesn't it? And just, just so people listening understand that, that's leading after the first round, second round, third round, and then winning. That's right, yeah. Leading after all four rounds, or at least having a piece of the lead, tied for the lead after all four. Like it, like it. So we're going to go with that at 14 to 1. Have you got anything else up your sleeve? Yes, I mean, we've talked about the 17th hole. Obviously, that's a, people love to bet on that in some way, shape or form. Um, how many balls end up in the water? It's a bit of a sadistic bet, isn't it, for some? Um, others, you know, like to, to bet the other way. So I've kind of crunched the numbers on this to see how many balls went in the water in the last 10 editions. So I'll, I'll spin you through the numbers. So starting from 2010, 29 were in, then 40, 39. 44, 28, 45, 36, and the last three years, 69 in 2017, 54, 2018, and 45 in 2019. Now, Bet365 have priced this up. So they go 48 and over, that's balls in the water for the whole tournament, 23 to 20, 37 to 47 inclusive, 15 to 8, and 36 and under, 12 to 5. Obviously, a massive element here is is the weather forecast. And you look at the year 2017 when there were 69 balls winning in the water. Well, I I kind of checked back and... Yes, very, very windy that year, which yeah. kind of makes sense. Uh, 2018 was windy as well, 54. Now, the weather forecast for this year isn't too bad. Like day one, we've got five to 10 miles an hour, similar day two and three. Picks up a bit on Sunday, but obviously on Sunday, half the field have gone home. So that reduces the chances of balls going in the water. I think they price it up. I think people actively want it to go in, don't they? That it's sort of like, we they can cheer everyone in. And therefore, maybe the market's a little bit false. So what I'm going to suggest is it's slightly convoluted and you can't just go under. But but I'd back the two other options. So rather than go 48 or over, I'm going to go a point each way on 37 to 47, inclusive at 15 to 8, and also a point on 36 and under at 12 to 5. It's basically just like going, you know, it's like a almost a 50-50 bet, but instead of going 48 and over, you're basically going 47 and under. The thing I've learned from what you've just said there is if I'm going to get my snorkel gear, there's a few balls around that green, aren't there, to go and stick in your bag? Well, if the pros of these, the best players in the world can knock in 69 in a tournament, then can you imagine how many of the hackers <laughs> put, put in there. But just to give you the overall kind of summation of those numbers, so eight times in the last year, the bet, I'm recommending would have landed in eight times out of 10. So I think the market's a bit skewed because the, the instinct, isn't it, is to for people to have yeah. the bet then they can yeah. cheer every time a ball goes in. But even though it's a slightly less kind of fun way, I guess, of approaching it, I want smiles and signs of relief on the tee when players land it safely on the green. It's a bit like people like backing goals in football and you don't go for yeah. the nil-nils, do you? You, you? you kind of, you're looking for stuff to happen. But what you're yes, looking for exactly. with that bet, you're looking for things to land on the dance floor and you'll be cheering when the uh, the ball stays on the green. So basically with that bet, you've got everything from 47 below, haven't you? Yeah, so it's you've got to split your state. So you're back in 36 and under at 12 to 5 and 37 to 47 inclusive at 15 to 8. So, you know, that's a kind of tallies up just just the under even money. So that, that's kind of the bit that you get in. But the, the other slide thing, I think we've said earlier, the, the course plays a little bit easier in March. Or it's, it's a little less fiery in March than it is in, in May. So that 69 count came in 2017 when, when it was in May, when the greens were probably harder and the balls would bounce off them. I'm not saying it's going to be soft this week, but I think it won't be as dramatic as 
2017 when the combination of hard greens and wind obviously drove that count way up. So yeah, it might be in the 40s, but that's fine. As long as it's 47 or under, we collect. It's a really interesting little bet that as well, isn't it? Because you, you're watching the tournament. Every time you see that 17th green, you've got something riding on that shot, haven't you? Yeah, it, it, it kind of keeps you going all the way through. I've actually got one other bet based on that hole. Um, this is looking at the uh, hole-in-one markets. Um, William Hill have, have broken it down, so they've got prices on a hole-in-one for each round. But if you look at the historical stats, well, there's been nine hole-in-ones in the tournament's history, and five have come on day one. So that's priced up at four to one for hole-in-one during round one, which is the same price as round two, but it shouldn't be the same price because all those aces have come in round one or five of the nine, you know, the majority have come in round one. And there's a reason for that as well. The flag position is easier in round one than it is in round two. Basically, those two similar prices, well, exact same prices of four to one. It shouldn't be. It should be shorter on day one and bigger on day two. But William Hill have got them both at four to one back round one, hole-in-one in round one at four to one again it's something to cheer all the way through the first day and to help that bet as well the wind is at its its gentlest in round one as well so everything is in your favor you're still hoping a little bit but holding ones aren't as unusual as you think they are so uh, i think at four to one you're getting yourself a, a nice sporting bet as well uh, i think i have told you on this podcast i've even hit a holding one it's quite easy you know if you if you if you know your stuff dave on um, the Mega Drive. No, 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 this was for real. This was for real. It was a 132-yard par three, obviously. Um, I wasn't at Bryson DeChambeau. And I got up to the green. I couldn't see my ball. I looked in every bunker. I looked around the back. I didn't know where it was. And then the guy I was playing with looked in the flag and it was there. And Well, you say 132 yards? Yeah. Well, this 17th is 137 yards. So you could arguably do the same here, couldn't you? The same distance. I don't know why I'm not there, to be honest. Easy yeah. game, isn't it? <laughs> I'm guessing where you had a hole in one wasn't surrounded by water. No, no. It was, there was no water in sight. It was just a slightly unsighted green, so I couldn't yeah. see where my ball bounced. Just your tears of happiness when it went in. I've never had a hole in one. How close have you got? Pretty close. I've had a couple of times where it seems to be on the way and it's landed a few inches away, but no, never seen it drop. One day. Next time. Next time, Dave Tyndall. Next time. Let's have a run down your bets then in the special markets. The number one bet, wire to wire winner, leading after round one, two, three, and four, can be joint as well. That's 14 to one. Second bet, 17th hole, balls in the water. 37 to 47 was 15 to eight. 36 and under was 12 to five. Dave's playing both of those with a point. So anything under 48 gets us in with that one. And then finally, the 17th hole, hole in one on day one, round one, four to one for the ball to end up in the cup. Dave Tyndall, as always, thank you very much indeed. Yeah, cheers, Jim. As I said, we've taken a different approach this week. But again, the beauty of doing it late means we've got the kind of latest weather forecast. And the other thing being I've had more time to delve into the numbers. So fingers crossed. It starts early tomorrow, uh, 6.40ish Florida time, which is pre-midday in the UK. So, um, yeah, not long to wait. Good luck with your bets. Good luck out there, everybody else, with your bets too, whether you follow Dave or if you go your own way. Hope you pick your winners as we go over the next four days at Sawgrass. Gamble responsibly. And we'll see you again this time next week. Bed Bites Golf is a sports betting media production. Our multi-sport Bed Bites podcast is released every Friday. Please gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for all the information. Sports Social Podcast Network.